Good morning. This is the January 9th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we are on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're talking about WWE's first, and to this day only, pay-per-view held on Puerto Rican soil. January of 2005 saw the first ever New Year's Revolution pay-per-view. It was a Raw-branded show that suffered from the split roster and was mostly built around two things. The fact that it would take place among the beauty of the picturesque island of Puerto Rico, starkly contrasted with the ugliness of its main event, the Elimination Chamber. This was to be the first ever WWE pay-per-view event held in Puerto Rico, and it would play host to the third ever Elimination Chamber match. The Cape Fabe brainchild of Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff the chamber match was once again hyped with the soundbite of the original video used to sell it for its 2002 debut at the Survivor Series. Two miles of chain, 36 feet in diameter, 10 tons of steel. No give, no flex, a career-shortening environment. It is hell on earth. More than 15,700 eager fans packed the sold-out Coliseo de Puerto Rico in the capital city of San Juan. The show sold out in under a month, making it one of the fastest selling events in the young history of the building, which is the largest indoor venue of its kind in the tiny island nation. If you were listening to last week's episode 114, you might remember me mentioning the old Raw opening where the WWF boasted in 1998 that it broadcast to 100 countries, 7 different languages, and over half a billion viewers each week. And yet, at the time, this show held the distinction of being the first major pay-per-view event held in any international venue outside the U.S. or traditional wrestling strongholds of Canada and the United Kingdom. The overarching theme of the beauty of the surroundings juxtaposed with the horror that awaited in the main event began playing out in reality early on that evening. While the crowd was full of energy right from the start, the card began having hiccups almost as quickly. In the opening match, Eugene and William Regal were defending the World Tag Team Championship against Christian and Tyson Tomko. The champs retained in what was a really fun match until Eugene suffered a freak knee injury executing a simple drop kick that grinded the match to a near halt. But Eugene managed to push through and get a win with an awkward roll-up of Tomko. The second match was also bitten by the injury bug as Lita defended her WWE Women's Championship against best friend slash bitter rival Trish Stratus. This was the feud that led to the memorable Raw main event match between the two that had fans holding their collective breath when Lita executed a suicide dive and appeared to re-injure the surgically repaired neck she had broken three years prior. During that Raw main event, Lita would regather herself and go on to win and take the women's title from Trish. On this night, Lita would blow out her left ACL, executing a Fez press from the apron's edge to the floor, allowing Trish to win back that women's title moments later. The show was off to a clunky start, and the mid-card matches didn't hold much promise. Shelton Benjamin defeated Maven to retain the Intercontinental Championship in a six-minute bout, but Maven wasn't happy with the result and demanded a rematch. So Shelton obliged and punched the clock for another five seconds to beat Maven a second time. Muhammad Hassan defeated Jerry Lawler in a match that had no business being on a pay-per-view card, but with the split roster, I guess you had to fill the show out somehow. Kane defeated Snitsky in the penultimate match of the evening, 
that match was the culmination of the death of Kane and Lita's baby storyline that ranks right up there with Katie Vick in terms of angles I would prefer to forget. That takes us to the main event that the entire card was built around. It would be the third Elimination Chamber match since the inception of this hellacious structure in 2002. The first Chamber match saw Triple H enter as the World Heavyweight Champion and Shawn Michaels leave with the title, outlasting Triple H, Booker T, Chris Jericho, Kane, and RVD. That match also saw the botched frog splash by RVD that nearly crushed Triple H's windpipe and caused him to spend more than 24 hours in a New York City hospital. The second Chamber match took place at another Big Four pay-per-view, when SummerSlam 03 saw Triple H enter again as world champion and this time retain by besting Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Kevin Nash, Randy Orton, and last eliminating Goldberg. No significant real injuries in this one, but Goldberg was left bloodied after a three-on-one beating at the hands of Triple H, Orton, Flair, and a sledgehammer. The third chamber match was for the now vacant World Heavyweight Championship. Shawn Michaels was involved again, but this time as the special guest referee. The other two common threads were Triple H and Chris Jericho, this time joined by Chris Benoit, Batista, Edge, and Randy Orton. Jericho and Benoit competed in the opening five minutes before the 10-second countdown in Espanol led to the first pod opening and Triple H joining the fun. Edge is out next, followed by Orton, and we're 19-plus minutes along before we get our first elimination. Edge lines up Orton for a spear, but Randy sidesteps, and HBK takes the bullet. The special guest referee's receipt is almost immediate as he delivers sweet chin music to Edge, Jericho hits a lion salt, and Edge is eliminated less than a minute before the final pod opens and Batista enters the fray. He does so just in time to save Evolution stablemate Triple H from a simultaneous crippler crossface Walls of Jericho predicament. Batista starts cleaning house, and in his adrenaline-fueled rage, Gorilla presses Jericho and tosses him out of the ring, wiping out the lone cameraman brave enough to set up shop inside the chamber. And that'll teach him. Batista continues his rampage for nearly seven more minutes before delivering a spinebuster to Benoit, followed by a spinebuster to Jericho onto Benoit, leading to the Wolverine's elimination. A little more than one minute and one powerbomb later, Jericho is eliminated by Batista as well. The next five minutes are a two-on-one mugging of Randy Orton by his former Evolution teammates Batista and Triple H. But a low blow by Orton leaves Batista hunched over in perfect position for an RKO, and Randy somehow survives the double team long enough to eliminate Batista. The door opens for the exit of Batista, but Ric Flair sneaks in. While HBK devotes the next minute or so to putting the boots to Flair, Orton hits Triple H with an RKO and should be crowned the World Heavyweight Champion. But it all happens while HBK is otherwise engaged, so there's no count. This allows Batista to nearly take Orton's head off with a clothesline, and by the time Michaels does turn around and turn his attention back to the final two participants, he sees a pedigree and counts the Uno Dos Trace to secure Triple H's 10th World Championship, or Diaz if you prefer. And it all happened on this day, January 9th, 2005. Well, that's our show for today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about New Year's Revolution, I encourage you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show, or just search for Daily Wrestling News Show. 
Either way, click join and we'll let you in to talk about the Elimination Chamber or any historical wrestling topic. And if we don't see you there, we'll see you right back here for another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show.